bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 9, Quadruple Down. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jesse. You can also call me Cypher. <laughs> this is going to be a thing for a while. And I'm so happy that you joined me. Today we have cact. That's right. We have cact, like cactus. That's that's how he described it to me, who is here to talk about all things his journey, all things Smash World Tour, all things Super Smash Bros. 64. That's right. We talk about Super Smash Bros. 64. We both love that game, and it's a great thing that we connected over. So I'm excited for you to hear this interview, and I'm excited to stop talking so that you can hear it. I should just, uh, yeah, I should just let it play. We'll see you on the other side. We got things to talk about. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are at bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so excited to be joined by Cact, who is an amazing tournament organizer and a person in Smash who you need to know more about, and that's why we're here. Cact, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, man. It's, uh, it's a great pleasure. I'm always, uh, if there's any opportunity to, to, to hop on a podcast and talk about anything, I'm, I'm always down for it. So thank you for having me. And thank you for being willing to come on. You're a very busy person, so let's just go ahead and get right into it. I wanted to hear the origin story of CACT. When did Smash become a part of your life? So I've always played Smash as a kid. Um, you know, growing up, you know, my my brother had an N, my older brother had an N sixty four, and he had Smash on it. So I kind of I've always played it with him, and I would always play it with friends growing up. You know, I I also got Melee as a kid. I got Brawl as a kid. You know, I've I've always grown up with the series, and it was one of my favorite games uh, to play. But I never really, you know, I, I didn't really get into the the competitive side of it until later on in like high school. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't even know tournaments were a thing. I didn't even know esports was a thing. I didn't know any of the sorts. Um, it's funny actually the the way that Smash kind of became like a big deal for me was I think I was in like ninth grade or something, something like that, and like I wanted to get good at melee. And just like you know, most you know, most of your casual players, like you know, most innocent players, like I just typed in like how to get good with Captain Falcon or like how to get good at melee, like very simple stuff, right? Like I didn't, I had no idea about like you know SSBN tutorials or Apex or whatever. I'm just like, how do I get good at melee? And through that, I ended up finding about like I found tournament vods and I found these like even I I, I was looking up stuff for Brawl too, and I found like tutorials for Brawl, and, like how to become like a pro player, and I was like, whoa, this is like. It blew my mind because I was like, wait, like, there's, like, a whole community out there that, like, plays this game like competitive. I, I had no idea. Like, and, you know, I started following into that rabbit hole of, like, you know, being more and more curious, finding more and more VODs. And I eventually found Reddit. And I, I've, I, my, in the very beginning, I was just, you know, I was a Redditor. I was just, uh, you know, followed our Smash Bros and just followed everything on there. And eventually kind of delved more into it. And once I graduated high school, I... Went to my first local, and you know, went to, when I went to college, it was a Smash Club. Just everything just kind of snowballed from there. Um, but yeah, like just, I've Smash was always a big part of my life, and I just kind of stumbled upon it like in the most innocent way possible. So, the magic of the internet. <laughs> when I mm-hmm. when I was growing up, it was sort of the same deal, except the exception in terms of my own story is that I I never actually did end up going to that first local. I've never attended a tournament before. It was a, mm-hmm. it has since to 
come to be a bigger regret for me because I, I think, oh, I want to start attending tournaments and then the pandemic hits. So that was my timing and that's my story. But for you, it was really cool to hear about how you wanted to actually take that step. And you were, it was a very organic, sounded like a very organic process of going, I just want to know how to be better at the game. Like what's going on? What does the internet have to say about this? And there's all this different kinds of content and tournament matches to watch and players to start becoming interested in reddit that's a whole thing you know i've never actually gone into reddit but the whole point of that is it sounded like a very organic process what were those first few tournaments like for you when you started going Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you know it's i i really like like you said it was very organic and i just i just wanted to get better at the game and also like i just wanted to make friends you know i was like oh hey like people play smash a little bit more seriously and you know, I thought, hey, if I can, if I can make some friends this way, then like, you know, why not? Fuck it. I'll like, I'll go to tournaments and I'll go hang out with people. Um, when I, I first started, my first local ever was a local in Boston back in, I think, tw- like summer 2015, something like that. Um, funny enough, at the time, there were obviously like locals in Massachusetts for Smash 4, but there wasn't any local that happened like in Boston, which was weird to me because I was like, well, Boston is like, you know, the uh, kind of like where most people live in Massachusetts. And just, I thought there would be a local by them, but I guess like there wasn't. And the coincidence was insane that as the, around the time that I graduated high school, which was like June, 2015, I think a few months later, um, there was a local that started in Massachusetts and I found out about it through like, you know, one of those, like, community Facebook groups, I was like, oh, like, Massachusetts Smash Brothers or something, which was very, ca- it was mostly, like, there was some competitive to it, but it was very casual at the time, and, like, someone posted, like, oh, hey, like, I'm hosting a tournament in, like, in a church in Boston, you guys should come by, and I was like, oh, sweet, like, I'm free that day, I'm gonna come hang out, and it was very, like, it, it almost felt like, like, being, like, the new kid at school, where it's like you don't really know anyone and you don't really know what's going on, but you're just kind of like you're there for the for the experience and for the you know you're just there the vibe. Um, it wasn't very big, you know. It was like a, I mean, it was maybe something like 15, 16 man local, like very very small. Uh, no one really knew each other. Uh, but like we all like we all played Smash. We all loved Smash Four. And we're just like, hey, we're just here to have a good time. Like it was nothing serious. Like the prize was like a like a twenty dollar Amazon gift card or something. Like, but it was just like. It was really chill, and I think for a first time, it was very. I would. I'm glad that that was my first experience of a local, as opposed to directly jumping into like something big. You know, like if like, let's say my first local was like a seventy man local. You know, with like a bunch of top players and like a stream and everything, it might have like overwhelmed me a little bit, and I don't know if I would have had the same kind of you know reaction or the felt as welcomed. But I think the fact that it was such like it was a new weekly, no one's ever been to that weekly before. It was very small, very chill. I think like kind of helped me warm up to the idea of playing Smash competitively, and it helped me get accustomed to my own pace, as opposed to you know directly jumping into a major or directly jumping into Smash Twitter or something. It was very, it's a very smooth, very easy going transition. And like looking back, I'm very thankful that I had that that kind of um, opportunity, or I guess that kind of. Um, opening to to the smash community so that is really cool to hear about and new england did not really have any big smash majors until the first shine which was in 2016 so would you have ended up going to that or when did you first start going to bigger tournaments 
Um, I think my... I mean, I started going to bigger tournaments pretty quickly after I joined. Um, uh, I think my first big event that I... Or I guess relatively at the time big event was... I believe was one of the KTARs. I think... So I, my first local was... I went to my first local around the summer of 2015... Uh, but then I took a, I didn't go to locals for a few months after that because I think I was like, I was with, I was spending the summer with family and Smash obviously wasn't a big priority at the time. I was just like, oh, cool. I went to a local. Um, and I, you know, I really got into Smash in September when I got into college because I had my Smash club and like I could spend more time going to locals. But my first bigger event was in December of 2015. So like three months later when I went to a KTAR because I remember... Um, a couple of people from New England were like getting like they were getting like carpools together, and it was like twenty, thirty of us going, and they're like, "Hey, we're all going to Katar, you know, who wants a spot?" And I've never really traveled on my own at that point, you know. Usually, if I traveled, it was like with my parents, you know, with like a family trip or something. So it was kind of like, "Oh, well, we're going to like Tri-State, which isn't too far away," and just the idea of like you know going on a carpool there with people that like had the same interest in me was something that was like very enticing. And I was like, you know what, like, you know, like, sure, let's, let's go for it. And it was, it was such a fun experience. It was like, it was definitely overwhelming a, a little bit at first. Cause like, there's so many people and like, I didn't know who was who, I didn't know who was good, who was bad. Like, I didn't know anything. I didn't really know, you know, all I knew was that the couple people that I met in New England, and even then I was still like super, super new to the New England scene. So I, I even met New England people while in Tri-State, which was really funny to think about. Um, but it was a really dope experience and I think I just, you know, again, like I said, it was, it was a big event in terms of like, I think it was like a couple hundred people, but it wasn't like a huge event. And so it was kind of like a, like a first taste sort of thing. It was like, you know, like, Hey, here's a, an, like a small taste of like what bigger events could be like. And I really enjoyed it. And I was like, you know what? I want to start going to more stuff. And so eventually I started attending more regionals. Um, I went to uh, Pound 2016 was my first major, um, and I really enjoyed it as well. And you know, kind of just went on from there. So it was it was a very gradual progression towards attending big events. But I, I didn't really wait too long before attending them. And what game did you gradu- gravitate? Sorry, not graduate. What game did you gravitate <laughs> towards in terms of entering in bracket, or what what else was enticing aside from attending the tournament itself? more of the community side of things you feeling yourself getting better at one of the games or or all the games that you entered in bracket for what were those sort of first year process of entering in brackets and then getting to know people um smash 4 was definitely the the main game that i gravitated towards and just really wanted to to get good at it was it wasn't so my favorite game my favorite smash game is actually smash 64 Um, oh let's go it's the game that i've it's it's the game that I have the most memories with. It's my favorite game. It's the game that I, I enjoy playing the most. And I wanted to get into 64 competitively at first, like in the very beginning. But there wasn't really a Smash 64 scene at the time when I first got into tournaments. Or at least to my knowledge, there wasn't. And I, I later found out there were people in, in New England who did play Smash 64. But it was really, really small. Like the, the scene as a whole was maybe like 10, 20 people at most. You know, it was like really, really, really small. And they weren't, they didn't really live close to me. So I, you know, it was kind of hard for me to really get into the scene or I guess get into tournaments and such. It was more of like a, 
like a homie vibe kind of thing, which I wasn't against, but like I wanted, like I wanted to delve into bigger. I wanted to delve into tournaments, and I wanted to meet like a, a bigger community. So, I ended up going to Smash Four for that reason because it was the newest game, the game that everyone was going towards, and the, the one that everyone was talking about, and it was also the game that all my friends were playing, like all my high school friends and such, because, you know, my favorite game is sixty four, and I I would practice like melee and brawl a lot, but like. Brawl was like, even amongst my friends, it was more of like a casual game. They didn't really take it seriously. They always saw like we always saw me- like they always saw melee as a competitive game, and I was like, well, you can play brawl competitively too. But they just they always saw melee as a competitive game and brawl as a casual game. And I didn't really have anyone in my school to really practice with for either melee or brawl. And Smash Four was the only game that I could really. I guess practice competitively because of like for glory and because of the online because I could just like go online and like like obviously you know like your quick your for glory win rate doesn't mean anything but like when the game first came out on the 3DS and the Wii U and the Wii U I had nothing to go off of I had no basis of like PRs or anything or tournament results so like all I could go off of was like okay well how many matches can I win on for glory and so that was like the only like fragment of like competition that i had so to me that just it just made the more sense at the time i'm like well i'm gonna get good at four glory and smash four and i'm just gonna focus on smash four whenever i end up do going to tournaments so it you know now if there was a smash 64 scene at the time would i have gone to smash 64 probably um but i don't regret going into smash Four either um i think it was i think in hindsight it was probably the smarter move to get into the the newer game because I got to meet the I guess the bigger side of the community and I got to interact with more people and kind of find out more about the scene. And I mean, I still I still love sixty four. I still and I've played in sixty four tournaments and I I've hung out with a bunch of people in the sixty four community. But like all in all, like I'm very glad to have like to, for Smash Four to have been my introduction to competitive Smash. That is cool to hear about because you're thinking to yourself all of these games are fun for different reasons and they can be mm-hmm. <clears throat> competitive for dif- different reasons and you're saying to yourself well this is this this is the most logical thing it it's it makes a lot of sense and there's a lot of people into smash mm-hmm. 4 right now and so i like playing the game so that is what mm-hmm. i'm gonna do but i need to take a quick aside we got to talk about smash 64 because i love smash mm-hmm. 64 Who's your favorite character yes, or, or, or favorite stage? Can you pick anything that's a favorite in there? Or is that too much to ask? Uh, oh, my God. I mean, like, Smash 64 is the only game where I can, like, comfortably play the entire roster. Now, obviously, the roster's not very big. So it's, it's not really, like, a you know a tall tale or anything. But, like, it's, I mean, I know, it's, it's a game that just, like, makes sense to me. Like, I don't know how to really explain it, but it's... Like, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to claim that I'm, like, you know, Isaiah or anything, obviously. But it's, like, if I were to to compare how well I understand each game and how comfortably I can play each game, I would definitely say Smash 64 is just the most comfortable to me. Like, obviously, Smash 4 and Ultimate are the games that I've spent the most time into competitively. And, you know, log- logically speaking, you would, you, could, you would say, like, oh, well, those games are the one you're the most comfortable at. But... I had to really, the difference is that I had to learn how to be good at, you know, um, Smash 4 and Ultimate. I had to, like, learn the meta, learn, like, I had to get used to the flow of the game, and, like, it wasn't necessarily my, like, my favorite type of game, 
So I wouldn't say like I forced myself to do it, but it wasn't, I didn't naturally gravitate towards it. Whereas Smash 64, you know, I don't practice the game. Like I don't practice the game with other people regularly. I really, like 99% of my Smash 64 practice literally comes from playing against the CPU and like watching VODs. That's it. You know, like I've played against other people. I've played in Smash 64 tournaments, but like the majority of it is just me playing by myself. So I really just like taught myself how to improve at Smash 64. And I still consider it to be one of my better games across the entire series. So I love that. I love that. And I know what you mean. I know what you mean about the about the 64 version of Smash being something that you just sort of naturally understand. It's probably because it's the first one that I played and because, Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, Melee is really, really fast and Mm -hmm. the later games have more of like the buffer system type stuff, more complexity in the matchups, and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's a lot of shenanigans. But the 64, it's so it's so clear everything moves slowly enough but also fast enough and you can learn the quote-unquote advanced techniques a little bit easier and i love how all the characters feel now i also have to ask you have you ever tried smash remix i have and i love smash remix it is so fun it's such a like it's mind-blowing to me that we're able to add characters stages music modes everything to a game that's like what, like, I don't know how old Smash 64 is at this point, like, over 20, like, almost 30 years old. It's just so mind-blowing to me, but, like, I, I love Smash Remix. I love that game. I love it. Yes, shout-outs to the Smash Remix team. So, I wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about 64 because it is, it's a, it's always a joy to play. I get to play Smash Remix on console uh, with my brother. It's absolute joy. Okay, so, talking about 2016 or so and moving forward at what point are you saying to yourself okay so i'm probably not going to be the best in the world with smash 4 especially since this is not Mm -hmm. the game that i feel the most comfortable in i'm having fun with Mm -hmm. it and i'm having fun going to these events but another another thing i could ask is aside from when did you start to think about the to things helping out with running a tournament when did you also start traveling outside of uh, well, you went down to Kaktuar, or Kitar, excuse me, Katar. Katar, yeah. For, yeah. for for that NYC local or the tri-state local. But when did you start do- going cross-country, like those sort of things? Um, So in terms of the, the TOing aspect specifically, I I started getting more involved in the, the TO side of Smash in, in 2016, actually. Like the right when 2016 started, um, the uh, at the time, the, the club the the smash club that we had the person that was in charge of smash 4 was stepping down um i forget why exactly i think i think they were either graduating or just like were focusing on other things in life in general i don't remember the exact reason but basically they were stepping down and the club was looking for like a new representative and like someone else to step up and kind of take over that side of the club so the mail the, the melee side of the club was already like well handled and everything uh but smash 4 didn't really have anyone to really um, lead the club or like run the event so I thought I thought you know what like this could be cool you know getting like getting I I didn't really see it as like oh I'm gonna become a TO in the scene I just saw it as I'm gonna help out this cool smash club do some fun stuff and just get involved with my like my local community that's really what I saw it as um and throughout 
from you know throughout 2016 2017 that's pretty much what I kept doing in the general New England community and in the community as a whole really I I never really saw TOing as like a career at the time I didn't really try to go fully into the back end of things I didn't try to you know really make anything of it too serious I just wanted to help out I just wanted to help the scene I just wanted to give a hand where I could and you know kind of help these events you know make them better whatever way I could you know help run pools help take scores whatever it was that wasn't really nothing too serious um and it wasn't until like much later like 2018 2019 that I really started taking it really seriously um in terms of traveling in terms of like you know, when did I really start going like cross country and everything? You know, like I said, Pound 2016 was my first um, major, like big major that I went to, which was in um, MDVA, which isn't too far away. Um, I think my, I don't remember what my, I think my very, my very first like big, big major that I went to that was like far away from home, uh, I want to say was, uh, I think Big House. I think Big House was the, no, no, it was not Big House. It was CEO. CEO was the first, like, I guess, like, really, really, like, I guess, international scale event that I went to. And then later on, I went to Big House at the end of the year. Um, and, you know, at the time, you know, I, I, it's, I couldn't really go to that many majors. I couldn't really travel that much. So I really had to pick, like, what events I wanted to go to. And, like, CEO and SmashCon seemed like the logical choice. Because I was like, oh, those are, like, some of the biggest tournaments. And I, I I performed like really poorly at those tournaments, like really really like drowned in pools. You know, I went like two two or something, one and two. Like I didn't do well at all. So like competitively, it was like you know, a, it was it was really bad. But you know, I got to meet a bunch of people from the general like uh you know national scene. You know, at the time like I was meeting Little Mac, and I was trying to like connect with like other Little Mac players, and. When I went to CEO and I went into Big House, I've ended up meeting more Little Mac players from like around the US and you know, through playing other people from around the world, I got to like make more friendships and connect with more people and just really just make more and more friends and more and more connections. And it, I just, it made me realize like, truly realize like how many people play this game competitively and like really like the community that's out there. And it made me realize like, man, this is like, this is really awesome. Like I, it started. I started. It started feeling like a second family to me, in the sense that you know everyone's here for the same thing. Everyone's here to play video games, to play Smash. I don't have to worry about college. I don't have to worry about you know general life, um, life priorities. I could just like I could just have fun, and it was it was an escape for me. And I'm, I'm really thankful to have like taken that step to go to these big tournaments. Like as daunting as it may have seen, I was like. It was like a little, it was like a little, like, you know, the boy meets world kind of thing. It was just like, I'm discovering this whole, what is it, world, this whole community that's out there that I didn't know about. And I just, I just want to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And it was just, it was just such a good feeling, man. I just, I, I fell in love with it. That's really cool to hear because like you said, to me, that's, that's exactly what happened. I felt very intimidated by, uh, I mean, how do I even find people nearby me about like the, like local type tournaments? And it, it really was just me also thinking I had to focus on other things and get through high school and then do the adulting thing. And, and actually, um, I'm, I'm a married individual. I have children, mm -hmm. so I've, I prioritize family, of course, in that regard. But 
mm-hmm. for me in particular, it's not just Smash as a whole, but also Melee in particular, that just keeps like dragging me back in where I'm like, oh, I get so excited about it. But it mm-hmm. sounds like for you, it was just sort of the same thing in terms of you weren't necessarily resisting. Uh, that's That yeah. was probably more of me, but just going from tournament to tournament, getting more and more excited about it, starting to recognize the same people that you've run into in the past and going, oh, hey, how's it going? And you just talk about life and then you talk about Smash and you're finding all the fellow Little Mac mains, which I'm going to have to ask you about. And like you said, it sounds so cool to hear. It sounds like just like that picturesque sort of progression Mm -hmm. of going from I like the game to I love the game and I love the community that's around it. Exactly. It was very, it was very innocent all around. It was really, you know, I didn't really like, I obviously I wanted to get good at the game, but I didn't have this like major goal at the time. Like, I mean, I, I think obviously like if, if someone asked me, I would say like, Oh, I want to become the best little Mac in the world. You know, it's very innocent, but I guess like I wasn't really fully aware, like understanding of like everything that I was getting myself into. I was just like, I was just learning, 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 learning and discovering and just like, just seeing how far I could go really, how deep I can I can go into this community and how how much can I involve myself in into this game. And I just really see how far you can push it, you know? Like I didn't really have a limit and I didn't really want to set a limit for myself. I was like, there's a I, I wanna know how far can I go into this? And turns out I could go pretty far into it, so And we will get to that, but is it the super armor? Is that what it is with Little Mac? Because that's definitely me like i love playing it as little mac in smash 4 i think for me it was just like i don't know something about like, like when i saw the trailer for mac it's like something about the way he played it just like i was like that just looks dope like i mean, i i've always loved like boxer style characters and in, in video games like in tekken i play steve in uh in uh, street fighter i would play like balrog and dudley um i, I just i don't know boxing characters just like made sense to me it's just like it was the most fun like i just like punching things are just like like it was it was funny because in my head i was like oh i don't have to worry about kicks i don't have to worry about jumping i don't have to worry about grabbing i could just punch i could just press buttons which again very casual mentality but i was just like i wanted to get better at it and it just little mac was like the character that fit me so you know exactly and part of the whole thing of this is is having fun i mean (laughs) if you want yeah it was just it was fun to me yeah yeah, if you want to play Smash and, and take it super, super serious, uh, you know, good on you. But even the best players in the world have described in different interviews or content that I've seen that having fun is such an important part of continuing to play. It, it's, it's very important in Smash anyway. I don't know how it is across other, either other fighting games or other esports stuff. But speaking of esports, you're starting to get to the point now where we're getting closer to the present, but back in 2018 that's when Mm -hmm. smash ultimate gets announced is that part of your decision making process of you know what i do want to not only be part of this community in terms of like a casual aspect where it's cact is the the weekend warrior kind of a personality but also like you know what maybe i can make this an income thing a job thing an adulting thing were those tied together somehow or am i just like putting that together myself in my own head um I would say it was, it was loosely. I wouldn't say Ultimate's release was like the deciding factor of like, oh, that's it. Like I'm going into Smash, uh, but it definitely was a. Um, uh, it definitely played a role. Um, 
In 2018, I remember I got a job at Balance Patch, which was like a local gaming cafe in Boston. And it was also the place where like our Smash 4 locals were being hosted. And it was the place like, not only was I working there um, in IT at Balance Patch, but I was also like helping with the, with the Smash tournaments there every Thursday. And I was also helping with like the Melee tournaments and the fighting game tournaments on Tuesday and Friday. So I was like, I was really, really involved. Like, I guess in some sense you could say, like, oh, I was paid to run tournaments. Like, not really, not paid to run tournaments. That's not exactly accurate. I was, in some sense, you could say that I had a paid job in esports, but it wasn't really, it wasn't really a pay, it wasn't really an esports job in the way that I see it. It was more so like I happened to work in the field of gaming. And I would help with esports events, but I wasn't fully delved into esports a hundred percent, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, 2018 was definitely the year where I started taking things really seriously, and I started really making not a lot of money, but like some decent money from like from from like esports and working. And I realized like, yeah, this is like a very legitimate career that I could go into. And when ultimate when ultimate was announced, I was like. You know, this is a new beginning. This is a new game. I'm going to be hopping in fresh just like everyone else. And I can really, I, you know, as much as I was juggling, competing, and TOing at the time, and like while mostly focusing on competing, I I wanted to really build a career for myself. And I realized that competing wasn't really the way for me to do that, at least for me. Um, and I... TOing wasn't necessarily my first option, but it was one of my main options. And, um, you know, it just ended up being that, like, TOing was the, the way to go with Ultimate. It just, I, I mean, that's, that's a whole other story of how I got into T- more into TOing and Ultimate. But, yeah, it, it was Ultimate's release was loosely tied to, to me taking Smash more seriously, yeah. And after Ultimate comes out, do you feel like you're sort of not the head person in terms of the Boston scene, but is everybody sort of starting to look to you as like the go-to person or do you still at the time felt like I'm just one of the many TOs that are making things happen? Um, so in 20, by the, by like 2018, I want to say like during 2018, I wasn't, I was definitely not like the go-to person in new England for smash four. But I was definitely involved enough in the community that, you know, kind of people took my word, you know, a little bit more seriously. And that I was more involved in the back end of things and how the scene worked. And, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, going into Ultimate that I was going to stay in New England, that I was going to keep doing stuff in New England. But it turns out that right as Ultimate came out, I actually ended up moving to Florida, uh, Gainesville, Florida specifically. And ended up making my mark there as a as a TO and community figurehead. Um, so I had to like unfortunately leave New England behind. You know, I didn't lose any of my credibility or any of my, you know, history in New England. You know, I'm still I think a lot of people still respect me in New England and I still am involved in a lot of what happens in New England whenever I can. Uh but uh Florida is where I really made my mark in terms of a figurehead um in uh in smash uh in ultimate so yeah and that was going to be one of my questions in terms of in terms of when did going to florida happen what was well i mean you don't have to get into all of it but what what was the basic reason because i'm thinking that's kind of a hike (laughs) yeah um so you know towards the end of smash 4 i was trying i was looking at like 
place. I was I thought about moving away from New England actually. Um for a lot of reasons really. For some of it being a personal some personal reasons. Um some of it being like, you know, more like professional reasons. I wanted to I wanted to expand my my scope and I wanted to really work with more organizations and the bigger community as a whole. And I didn't want to restrict myself to just New England. Um, you know, at the time I felt like that I had done enough in New England that I was satisfied with the work I've done and like, you know, my com- competition and rankings and whatnot. And I wanted to, to, to just work with the, the, the bigger scene as a whole. And while I could theoretically do that from New England, uh, at the time I really, I just, I wanted to move away from New England. I wanted to find another, another place to go to now it's, it's also for personal reasons, like I said, but I, I wanted to move away somewhere. And I was looking at um, California mainly because that was like the dream, right? It's like, oh, you get to, you know, esports in Los Angeles like would go hand in hand. And at the time, to me, that just made no more sense. But what ended up happening actually is um, I got a I got a job offer in Gainesville, Florida uh, to work with a production company called Duo Studios. And basically how this went down is um, Sol, who's like, you know, one of the most notable Little Mac players in, in Smash history wanted to kind of create like a sort of like smash house in Gainesville where like he got like a bunch of like higher level players together to train it for ultimate and everything and get good and such. And he wanted me to move there to Gainesville to move into the smash house. And I was like, that sounds like a dope idea, but I didn't want to move until I got a job. I was like, I'm not moving. I'm not committing to anything until you get, until I have like a stable job or something of the sort that I can like pay my bills and like, really grow and work and he said that's fair you know that that sounds fair you know i'm not going to force you to move if you don't have a job and about two months later he comes back to me and he's like hey like i actually got a job opportunity for you and turns out like you know he referred me to do his studios and said like you know these guys like they're aware of what you do they're looking for someone to get more involved in in the tournament aspect of things you know and they want you to get more involved in the Gainesville community and they would love for you to come down to Florida and work with them. I was like, sweet, sick, like I'll, I'm done to talk to them. And so I got into a call with Do Studios and I, can we talk things out and like to give you an offer and everything. And I was like, yeah, like this, this, this sounds like a great opportunity. And this sounds like a, a great way for me to expand and move out of New England. And so I, I took it. And so as, as soon as 2019 started and as soon as Ultimate came out, I went down to Florida, I went down to Gainesville and I just started running events there. I just started working with the community there, and I just um, I started growing. Yeah, it's uh, it's really just I got a job offer in Florida. That's that's why I moved. How's the weather down there? <laughs> uh, very warm, very hot, very sweaty. Uh, but it's it's nice weather. Nice weather. It has to be. It had to be such a big difference, at least for the first few months, where you're like, oh, so it's just gonna be like this, pretty much every day of the year huh and everybody goes yep <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah bi- very big difference from like from the, the cold new england weather yep yep and with now having uh, enough experience living there what would you if you could pick a place where you would have a solid career or or and jobs all the personal fulfillment would it be in a place with cooler weather or would it be in a place like florida uh definitely a place with warmer weather um I don't know if I'm fully set on like staying in Florida forever. I'm definitely going to be staying in Florida for a very long time. That's for sure. Uh, But I don't know if like, 
I'm not sure yet if Florida is my end goal per se. Um, that's for for time to tell, you know. Um, you know, I'm still. I would still love to to live in California. I would still love to move to LA. Um, but I would definitely want to be somewhere with warm weather. Yeah, I mean, like I don't mind cold weather. Like I'm used to it now. But like I I I would much rather be in warm weather. Yeah. <laughs> no, no worries. That makes sense, and it's cool that you sort of have plans where you're going. This is what I'm sort of aiming for. But hey, life happens and we can do the podcast word pivot. We can pivot and do something else if absolutely necessary. And speaking of, that does lead us up a little bit closer more towards the present where 2020 comes around. And I don't want to skip past anything amazing that happened in 2019 that you want to talk about, but we are getting Mm -hmm. in that direction. So I want to give you an opportunity to talk about how 2020 first started off for you and if you wanted to talk about anything in 2019 that happened mm-hmm. um yeah I, I could just quickly go over 2019 2019 was for me um 2019 was how i i fully transitioned from being like a half competitor half to to a full-time to and the way that happened is uh it's kind of crazy actually looking back um so I moved to Gainesville, right? As soon as 2019 started. And there were, obviously there were tournaments in Gainesville and there was a scene and there were TOs in Gainesville. But I found out when I moved down here that there was a lot, there was a lot of things that were missing in terms of the leadership. And there were a lot of, um, I mean, it's, it's hard to explain really, but there was, there were a lot of things missing in the way the scene was run and in the way different the scene was missing a lot, basically. Gainesville was missing a lot of pieces. And I felt like I was the only one who really knew how to bring those pieces together and to really build the Gainesville scene into something bigger. And so I wanted to focus on that. I wanted to focus on the Gainesville scene for a little bit. And I ended up focusing so much on the Gainesville scene that I ended up kind of putting competing aside for a little bit and just focusing on TOing. To the point where my first uh, ultimate tournament out of region, outside of actually, my first yes, my first major in ultimate was actually Genesis. Genesis six was it or seven? I forget. I think it was Genesis six. Genesis six. Um, I actually went zero and two at Genesis six. Really fun fact. Um, and that completely destroyed me because like, obviously like I came from Smash Four, being known as like one of the more notable Little Mac mains. And having high expectations for myself, people having high expectations of me. And like seeing myself go 0 and 2 in this new game that I thought I was decent at was like crushing to me and made me question so many things. I'm like, did I do something wrong? Did I have bracket misluck? Like, you know, did I did I not practice enough? <laughs> sorry. No worries. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just had to sneeze for a second. Yeah, so it just made me question like so many things. Um and I just like, I was like, it's, it's competing for me, it's TOing for me. And it's like, you know, after I went 0-2, I, I started practicing more. But I was so involved and I've dealt so much to TOing by then that it just, it was almost like too late to go back, you know. Like I was, I had so many things to take care of in Gainesville and I was starting to really grow in Florida as well, actually. I was starting to grow within the entire state that I realized like, I can't, I can't focus on, I can't equally focus on competing and TOing. I had to choose one or the other. It was kind of this like dilemma that I had. 
And so I, I decided like, you know what, like, fuck it. Let's, let's go into Tio and like, let's, let's, let's ride the momentum. Let's see where this takes me. Like, Hey, this, I, I, I told myself like, I wanted a career. Maybe this might be it. This might be my chance. And I was like, let me just dive headfirst into it and see what happens. And, and that was, you know, 2019 was basically my, my growth in Florida and like slowly, but surely my growth nationally as well. And so 2020, so going into 2020, um, you know, the year starts and I, I go into Let's Make Big Moves and I was like at an amazing time and I, I didn't really, so early on in 2020, I didn't really get any like major get. I was starting to, so I was in talks with a few bigger events to start working bigger events at like a, uh, like a higher level. I think up to then the 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 highest I guess the the biggest event I had like a bigger part in was Smash and Splash, where I was like one of the main TOs for Smash Ultimate, and 2020 started and I was starting to like talk to like more bigger organizers and try to potentially get involved in these more bigger events, and I actually ended up running like Ultimate at CEO Dreamland as well. So it was I was really starting to gain a lot of momentum, and then COVID happened. And it was, I wasn't, I, obviously I was worried like everyone else because I didn't know where the Smash team was going to go. I didn't know what things were going to look like. I didn't know what the tournament scene was going to look like. I didn't know, I didn't know that I was going to even get involved in the Wi-Fi scene like I have now. Um, but the, the COVID was like such a huge hit and I saw a lot of people kind of step back and I saw a lot of people slow down their involvement. I saw a lot of people just not getting involved in the scene as much. And I realized, like, I don't want to be left behind. I didn't want to just, you know, put away all the effort that I've put in this whole time. And I didn't want to slow down. I didn't want to give up. And I thought, you know what? Like, no, I'm going to get involved in the Wi-Fi scene. I'm going to continue to get involved in events. I'm going to learn how online events work. And I'm going to put in my best effort. And so I, I just kept doing that. And I really, really quickly rose through the ranks and really became one of the more notable TOs on Wi-Fi just in the ultimate community as a whole and you know got to where I am now so yeah every time you talk about being at a sort of crossroads and going man should I like take a step back or no no we're going in we're doing it yeah, live this is like yeah just diving head first I'm like you know what like I don't get these like I don't get this chance it's just a once in a lifetime chance like Fuck it. Let me go all in. Let's see where this takes me. That's so amazing to me that you double down every time and you just come out of it better. Like, I, mm -hmm. I know that you work hard and you have done so much to get to where you are right this moment. But what what part of you do you do you give credit to or, or if this is a family thing, nature versus nurture? Mm -hmm. Like, what does the mentality come from for you to say I can do this and I'm going to figure it out one way or another it's going to work out and then you just jump in um it's it's weird because you know I I think I think the biggest thing I think I would the most the thing I would credit to it the most is uh passion is I'm I'm very very passionate about what I do I love the game I love the community and I think just having the drive to to do something with my life and to really make a mark in the scene as a whole, I think is what drives me the most. Um, 
you know, growing up, I was never really like I was never a good student in school. Like, trust me, like I, I, I always hated school. I never got like really good grades. Um, actually, fun fact. Um, this is something I've talked about here and there on on Twitter, but I'm technically technically completely diplomaless, uh, in the sense that I graduated high school, and I took the IB, the International Baccalaureate, in high school, and I have a diploma that says like you have graduated high school. But I failed the IB program. Um, I was like, I think you needed like 24 points to get the IB diploma. And I got 23 points at the end of the year. Um, <laughs> so I don't, so I, I missed it by one point. It was soul crushing. So I don't have a, I don't have like, I guess like a high school program diploma, whatever. And in terms of college, um, I did go to college. However, uh, I failed out of college. I did not finish college. Uh, I got kicked out of college halfway through my junior year through my third year um literally because my grades were shit literally because like i had a really bad gpa um i went you know i went through the whole nine yards you know academic warning academic probation i switched majors it didn't get any better i tried going to like getting tutoring and everything nothing worked my grades weren't really improving and the school was just like look man like your 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 grades are just like way too low like you need to go and i just like it's like all right i guess i'm i'm not like I'm not in college anymore. Like, so like, I, I was never like a, a good student and, but, but weirdly enough, right? Like, so on paper, you might think like, oh, well, he's not a hard worker because he's, he failed school. He's not good in school. And that's not the case. I wasn't good. In, I think I wasn't good in school because I didn't enjoy school. I didn't like school. I didn't find passion in school. I wasn't motivated to do well in school. However, I was motivated to do well in Smash and I was passionate about everything I did in Smash. And because I was finding so much success, it just kind of kept me pushing to keep going and going and going. And I'm just like, you know, there's nothing really, there's no, there's no grades in the Smash community. There's no teachers or anything. There's no like curriculum. There's no, there's no pressure really to, to do well. You just, you create your own path and you create your own story. And when I realized like that, I, I really had potential and I could really, you know, I was being getting so successful in the Smash community. I realized like, this, this is what this is. This is made for me. Like, this is my passion. This is my true calling. Like, this is what I, I, this is what I do best. And so that's why, like, finally finding something that I was so passionate about and actually like good at just made me go even further and further and further into it. And so I ended up just like doubling, tripling down, and everything. And yeah, that's that's. I think that's what it just. That's what pushed me to just to, to be where I am here. School is not necessarily for everybody, and nor is it a bad thing simultaneously. We all have our own paths to take in life. I, I so relate to what you were saying, though, about school, because that was not necessarily me to a T. I, I didn't even bother going to college. I thought, you know what, if I go to college, I already know for a fact now, as an 18-year-old, if I go, there's no possible way that I'm going to be able to graduate. I'm just going to fail out or just quit because I hate school so much. <laughs> but when it comes to other things where I go, I'm excited about this, I'm willing to put in the work and sometimes to my own detriment but that I, I so relate to that and for anyone listening who has all the degrees and such you're special too don't worry it's just that mm -hmm. you're probably a little bit better at the school thing than me and cact it's all good but that is so cool to hear that what you found enjoyment in and what you were getting excited about 
was turning around and rewarding the, all of that work that you put in and g- giving mm-hmm. you new opportunities, opening new doors. You're in Florida now, so that's pretty cool yep. in terms of the mm-hmm. weather and getting to do more stuff down there. You're pretty much, you know, almost running the whole East Coast, but it's actually even more than that. You are the head tournament organizer for the Smash World Tour. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So it's really worldwide. CAGT is worldwide. Let's go. <laughs> dude, it's it's so crazy to me. It's like I, I would have never, ever, ever, ever imagined getting to the Because, like, I remember, dude, last year when the World Tour got announced, I was like, I, I was just like everyone else, right? Like, I didn't know anything about the back end of things with the World Tour or anything. I was just like, I was like, dude, we finally have, like, a World Tour that we can, like, all compete in. And like look forward to, and I was like, dude, this is so dope. I was like, I, and I, I didn't even like, I, I didn't want, I wasn't trying to be like the head CEO of anything of like the world tour of anything. I didn't want to like, you know, be in charge. I just wanted to to be a part of it, even if it was, even if it was just playing in the world tour. I didn't even care about my events being in the world tour. I just wanted to be a part of it because I'm like, dude, we finally have like a worldwide circuit, and it was so dope. It was like like a kid, like a, I was like a kid basically, and so. When when 2021 came in, and I found and I was you know um, the World Tour contacted me and contacted EMG and said like you know we want to do the World Tour this year and we want to bring you guys into it to like run the event. I was like, holy shit! Wait, I get to head CEO the World Tour, and I'm just like, it's just kind of like it took so long for me to process and to just really realize like this is the progress I've made like this. I'm I'm here now. Like this, there's no turning back. Like, I, it, you know, like they always say, like it's hard to see like how far you've grown. Like sometimes you could like take a step back and kind of look at the progress you've made. And it's always been hard for me to do that to see like how much stuff I've really done for the community. Because I just take it day by day, you know. Um, so when I when I got the world tour, the Smash World Tour opportunity, it really made me realize like, yeah, this is this is where I am. This is this is it. Like I made it. And it's just like, let's let's fucking go. Like this is insane, dude. And so you're obviously very attached to all the goings on of the Smash World Tour, and there's all mm-hmm. kinds of emotions that you have. And when it first gets announced, I think there was an equal amount of excitement and also going, are we are we doing the right thing with all this here? What was your own reaction to seeing that reaction of people going, "Oh wow, this is really cool." Oh, but wait, and like the the whole feeling of, "Oh, I don't, gee, I don't know." Hmm. It wasn't necessarily all one hundred percent excitement. There was there was there was like the murmurings, if you will, of going, "Do we really want to be trying to run like IRL locals and have dates on calendars?" Like you know, all those sort of questions, and how that affected you. So. I, I definitely expect, like, I won't lie, I definitely expected there to be some some doubts and some scrutiny over the, the offline portion of Smash World Tour. You know, that's definitely, it's not, like, you know, I 100% saw that coming. Um, just to clarify, by the way, just to be fully transparent, I'm, I'm not in charge of the offline portion of the Smash World Tour. I'm only in charge of the online portion of Smash World Tour. Um, so once, once it gets to the regional finals and, like, my job here is done... Um, so I'm really here to run the all night events. That being said, um, when um, obviously when like the community the community reaction to like the old world tour being online and having these online qualifiers, you know I I understand people's 
distaste for Smash Ultimate Online. And I definitely agree that like it's not the best, um, I guess, environment to really compete in. However, it's the best we have right now. And I think despite the challenges in our way, we could still put out the we can still put on an amazing experience for players and spectators and everyone. And I think it's important for people to support that and just say, look, man, like we don't have a lot going on. It's the world tour. This is a big deal for us. We should really support this as much as we can, even if we don't like it, even if it's not perfect, you know, nothing's perfect, right? Even if it's not the best thing possible, we should still support what is going on, support the circuit, support the endeavor, support it, and just like really make the best of it. And I think it's really important for people to understand that like us TOs and like the people behind the Smash World Tour are playing the exact same game as everyone else. We have the exact same Smash Ultimate Online. We don't have any secret connections or anything. Like we know how bad it is. We're perfectly aware of that. But despite that, we're still working hard to, to make it an amazing event. And I just want people to respect that. And I just want people to support that. That's all, you know, it's, I get it. Ultimate Online sucks. I get it, blah, blah, blah. But like, we're just doing the best we can. And more importantly, doing something because there's not a danger of competitive ultimate dying or anything in the sense of uh, there's just, it's such a popular game. It's, it's such has <laughs> sold like oh, millions yeah. and millions, like, of millions like, of people copies. say like people say like oh like smash ultimate is gonna die blah blah it's like there's no i there's no way in hell smash ultimate is gonna die it's 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 still the most popular game it's still the most popular game it's still the newest game like it's gonna be fine there's there's dlc coming like we're fine it's just we're going through a bit of a of a rough time right now but we're we're fine the, the game will be fine guys like that's come on however there has to be a certain amount of work that gets put in and it's sort of a, it takes all of us sort of a mentality. I'm not saying that every single spectator needs to somehow contribute in some way, either by volunteering or donating or time or, or, or whatever. But I think that it's fair to ask people looking at the product, if you will, looking at the competition and how it's played online and understanding that concept, or sorry, concept, I mean context at the same time. Oh yeah, that's right. I am watching an online tournament right now <laughs> mm -hmm. as if you somehow forgot that we're not doing IRL tournaments right now. <laughs> like you need yeah. to, yeah, just understand that this is, this is the best that we can do. Sorry. I say we, I mean you all, mm -hmm. it's the best that yeah. can happen for online events and it's going to lead. That's the, that's the part that's hard to sell. I'm sure for, from your own perspective that it's going to lead mm -hmm. to safe IRL events. Hopefully that, you know, no one's trying to mm -hmm. say, hey, look, I mean, if things are bad, we're just going to run IRL events anyway. That No, that's not mm -hmm. what's happening. But yep. all of this will lead to something that's going to be even better than what it is now. You just have to take those steps to get there. Exactly. And, like, obviously, like, we're very well aware of, like, you know, COVID and, you know, all the, the CDC guidelines, the vaccine, everything. Like, we're obviously, like, the team's closely following everything. And, you know, we're not here to make a promise and say, like, oh, this will be, like, you know, we're we're not at all trying to force offline to come back. That's not what what's going on here. It's just, it's it's you know we're we'll make sure these events are run safely and like you know when when the time comes you know we'll reveal more information on all the regional finals. But like, like we're we're just going with we're just rolling with what we have. You know, we're we're rolling with the punches and we're we're seeing what we can do. You know, we're not trying to force anything or anyone. You know, we're just we're just doing the best we can. And I do like that that it that that it's happening in the first place. To just 
being willing to take steps. It's a very brave thing to do. And, you know, props to you and the rest of the Smash World team for doing that. So when IRL events come back at some point, whenever that is, is that mm-hmm. something that you obviously have to be looking forward to that? I mean, how many times yeah. have you had to deal? I've seen the the screenshots you share <laughs> that you yeah. share on Twitter of all these people with their Ethernet cord shenanigans and Internet tests. That's probably the more annoying side of it. But just you're obviously looking forward to IRL events coming back safely when that does happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm, I can't I can't wait to return offline like. I just I miss running locals, man. I miss running like an offline major. I miss I miss so many things about the offline offline tournaments. It's just like, I mean, like I'm I don't know if I'll still be I'll probably still be helping out like online events once we come back once we go back to offline because you know I've made such a big impact that I, I don't want to just leave it behind and just forget about it. Um, but like I do absolutely want to like fully delve into offline again. I I miss it so much. And so now that we are we're, we've been in the present for a little while now, what else about what else about the Smash World Tour that there have been a few qualifiers that have happened so far, right? I, I think I remember yeah. seeing the um, yeah, it was uh, I I don't want to say it was just entirely was it Central America qualifier, Spargo, Meister, um, those sort so of players. There were three qualifiers that happened. There was the Mexico qualifier the Oceana qualifier and the Central America South qualifier. Okay, so then Meister and and Spargo and so on were in the uh, Mexican qualifier then if I'm thinking about Correct. that correctly then. Yeah, and the uh, Central Central America South qualifier was more so like Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, um Guatemala like th- those regions basically. And how did that go from your perspective the three qualifiers so far? Um, I think they all went great. I think they went really well. Um, you know, obviously we're still like I'm still figuring some stuff out as we go. Um, some ways to kind of like optimize the tournaments and the way they run. Uh, but I think they went really well overall. I think people had a great time. Like the viewers loved it. There's a lot of excitement, a lot of hype. Um, I think it's been so far. It's been a really big success. I'm I'm really glad people are enjoying it and really really taking this seriously despite despite the circumstances and despite the environment when and I'm I'm just I'm so happy that this is this is going really well so I'm I'm really glad It's good to hear that it's that your perspective is so far so good that's good to hear mm-hmm. So then looking forward to the rest of it is there a particular region that you're looking forward to seeing the qualifier of or anything like that uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the European qualifier, which is happening not this weekend, but the weekend after, April, uh, Saturday, 10 and 11. Um, that's the one that I'm the most looking forward to because, like, like obviously being European myself, like, I want to see, like, European players compete. But it's also because the European um, uh, qualifier right now is absolutely massive in terms of entrance. Uh, as, of, as of right this second, there is currently... Um, a th- 1,562 entrance for the Smash World Tour Europe online qualifier, which is absolutely insane. They've all like they're supporting the hell out of the Smash World Tour, and it's it's amazing. Like I think literally all of Europe is entering this tournament, and it's I'm so excited to see how it goes, man. I cannot wait. Let's go Europe! Oh my goodness, 1,500 people. That is that is. That's a super major. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's it's. I mean, we haven't had an online event in the thousand entrance in in a long time, 
And to see it come from Europe of all places, I think is is great. I think previously the biggest European only online tournament was the uh, the Quarantine Series Minor Europe Edition, which had a uh, teams at a thousand twenty four entrance. And this was early pandemic, right when like online was still fresh, so you could say like, oh well, people played online because that was like the only thing to play. But like it's been a year now since we've had the pandemic, and we still have over like over fifteen hundred players from Europe competing. I just find that amazing, and I'm so so happy that people are supporting it. I'm, I cannot, I can't wait, dude. I cannot wait. April tenth and eleventh, and you can find that on the oh boy, the VGBC Twitch channel. <laughs> Almost yep, forgot. That'll be streamed on that'll be streamed on Twitch.tv slash VGBootcamp. Let's go. Uh, the only other question that I wanted to ask you about, and it's it's fresh news, but by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be a little bit outdated. You know how the how the Smash Twitter be, but the mm-hmm. today's announcement of Golden Guardians signing on some melee players and content creators and announcing a few different things, but the one that probably is of the, the most interest to you, or maybe I, I don't even know if I want to say it like that, but just I'm talking about how they have a fun setup for supporting grassroots tournament organizers for for melee i'm, I'm guessing but yeah putting forth fifty thousand dollars like putting a number on it putting it out there for the world to see of saying we believe in this game seeing different things like that from from my own perspective is really really cool regardless of whatever smash game it was or is but in this particular instance it was for melee but just your reaction to seeing uh, an esports organization like that like putting the money where the mouth is sort of thing what was what's your own reaction to that i'm dude i'm ecstatic for it it's you know like i think there's definitely a lot of money i think there's definitely money missing in the scene i think this this you know obviously everyone talks about like like well we had the whole saga of like we thought we wanted nintendo support and then we found out you know nintendo tried to like ruin the game and everything there's obviously that happened but in general the smash community is a very grassroots community and it's we're really putting our own money into it we're putting the scenes money into it and we're trying to do the best we can with the money we have but we don't have a lot of like bigger like support from like bigger organizations and bigger sponsors that's that's always been a big problem in the scene and so to see an organization like Golden Guardians not only sponsor all these great melee players and figureheads and teams and what and like these great melee people, but also just straight up donating fifty thousand dollars to grassroots melee events, I think is absolutely amazing. I think it's such a good thing, and I I, I can't wait to see what they do with the money and what events utilize that 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 fund because like I think this is definitely the this is something that I think the scene needed for a long time. And to see it happen now, I think is it just makes me super excited for the future. I, I, I obviously as a te- like obviously as a like players might be more interested in like who they um they might be interested in like like getting like none getting sponsored like Tofu or like PPMD getting sponsored or whatever. But like me as a TO, I'm most excited about the community fund, and I can't wait to see um how it's utilized. Oh, and I guess I should ask another question about the the sort of crossover thing. Spargo recently tweeted something to the effect of, yo, any Melee tournaments that I can play in? Because I think I'm really starting to get into this game a lot too. Not that, you know, there's not like an official Switch or migration thing. Spargo's still very much committed to the cloud and Ultimate, all that fun stuff. But like, what's your own reaction to like seeing Ultimate players take interest in Melee and vice versa? I think that's dope, dude. I, I always love seeing like people like 
crossing into each other's game centers communities. Like I think I think um, seeing Spargo get into melee and seeing like sometimes like seeing melee players get involved in ultimate more I think is a, is super dope. And like I always love seeing more cross play between both communities. I think I think that's awesome. I I mean Spar I mean. Spar I, I've never seen Spargo play melee, but like I'm sure he would make a super dope melee player. So I can't wait to see what he does with that game, if he even does anything. One of the one of the many videos in my watch later playlist, Rip, <laughs> is mm -hmm. um, Mewtwo King and Spargo playing in melee, and I think that Spargo plays as Marth, but I'm not 100% sure off the top. I'm that's I'm pretty sure without actually mm -hmm. double checking. But uh, either way, that's all I think I have. Other than I want people to be able to find you so please share the socials or share things that are important to you either through the context of smash or outside of smash um if you want to follow what i do everything i talk about and everything i really do in the community uh twitter is probably the best place for it uh twitter.com slash cact 3000 so that's c-a-g-t 3000 that's really just the primary place that i post and tweet everything like all the updates um you can also check out my website, cact.gg, which is uh, basically just has like a, a summary of like every like everything I've done in the community, all the events I've been a part of, um, as well as the uh, event on the online event calendars for both Ultimate and Melee, um, as well just like the best way to contact me directly. Twitter and my website are the, the best ways to get in contact with me. But yeah, twitter.com uh, Twitter slash cact2000 and um, cact.gg. You know, the Cactodotch GG I did not know about, and I feel bad. But it's also been great to get to know you more, and you've been very generous with your time. Thank you so much for for, for all the time that you've given, for the great conversation, and for being with me on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Yeah, th again, thank you again for bringing me on. Like, really appreciate it, man. This was, this was awesome. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. One more time, big thank you, big shout out to CACT for joining me here for an awesome interview. Thank you so much for joining me, CACT. Now, if you are not quite tired of hearing this, let's talk about CACT.GG, C-A-G-T dot G-G. You can go there to learn more about the man, the myth, the legend, as well as CACT3000. That's how you can find him on Twitter, at CAGT3000. You will find a link to these in the description of this here podcast. Now, before we get going, I want to preview the next episode where it's going to be a little bit shorter than normal because I wanted to sort of do a bit of a shorter episode but also try to quickly cover the Practical Tasks article that came out on pgstats.com today. I'm not going to get into it here. You're just going to have to wait until tomorrow for that episode to come out. But I got a guest to talk about that. And so you can look forward to it. What we're going to do to wrap up today is read this really insanely long thread by Alston Melee because I got to be part of a wonderful event this weekend. And it's all thanks to the people over at Alston Melee. Patty, Shik Shik, Cave Lemon, and Ted Green. Now, I know them as <laughs> Patty, Ryan, Mike, Ted. They are fantastic individuals, but not only them. There were plenty of people that helped to rend, rend? Oh boy. There were plenty of people to help run the Alston Melee Bender this weekend. Great tournament. And we're going to do some shout outs. And when I say some, we're going to do all the shout outs. We're going to talk about so many people here, you will not be able to keep up. So let me throw you a suggestion. Go to Alston Melee on Twitter, at Alston Melee, 
And you can pull up the tweets from earlier this evening at 7.52 p.m. on April 5th, 2021. Let's just go ahead and get started with all the shout-outs. I'm going to try to read this word for word as best I can. At BTS Smash, at Aiden Calvin, for letting us do dope. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, that's the second tweet. Oh, we're off to a bad start. The Alston Melee Bender shout-out thread. Emojis of two beers clinking. Clink. This event would not have been at all possible without these people. At BTS Smash, at Aiden Calvin. You see that? I shouted you out twice. For letting us do dope stuff on your platform and believing in the vision. At Juna USA. At Flashburn117. At It's Adair for running an incredible stream and truly bringing Alston Melee to a production level we've never seen before, along with the help of at JDMH underscore, friend of the program, at Safe State, at Venti3HM, at Axis SSBM, at at Wisely, friend of the program, for holding it down, for holding it TF down on the TO side throughout the entirety of the event. At Stock Money, at GWM420, at Fakey underscore Smith, for helping literally reinvent a new role for online tournaments and making the tournament run butter smooth. At Shuppies, at I Don't Give a Shick, friend of the program, at Cave Lemon, friend of the program, for giving commentators everything they needed to have genuine fun on our streams. At Nathan Sandwich. At DJ Petbud for being the absolute dopest volunteers we could have possibly asked for and stepping up to the plate so hard. At Reach Online. At Alma Howell. At XDO at MX. By the way, the at in the MX is all that one handle. At Cave Lemon. At SSBM Dad for making some of the coolest merchandise ever, sold in a Smash GG shop and representing Alston Melee perfectly. At RIP underscore MMOM, friend of the program, for writing this tweet and doing a couple of things or whatever. Patty, come on, uh, this is an aside. Patty, you did so much. Shout outs to Patty. Press one if you love Patty. At Shine underscore series. At Seth Loves to Talk, friend of the program, for being sponsors of the event and helping us pay our staff, the anonymous sponsor who came in stupid clutch. At MickGCC. At Spoopy, with an extra zero in the ooh. At Turned On. Oh boy. At Turned Down for Walt, friend of the program. At SSBM Calvar, at King of Snails underscore for providing the dopest giveaway items possible. At NJS Clutch, at PJNLF15, at Young Trinitron, Younger Big Joig, at Clapton underscore Falcon, <laughs> at TN underscore SSBM at do do sigh oh no at do doots sigh for helping bring to life Beantown Brawlers everyone involved in the New England crew battles especially winning team New Hampshire oh let's go New Hampshire at 
Bonfire10, at SSBM Calvar, at Glock SMB, at GWM420, at Name of Taylor, at SSB Gaily, for having a sick crew battle and hilarious commentary. Everyone involved with bringing Smash Sisters to life on our stream epically, at Bonfire10, at DJ Petbud, at Nathan Sandwich. At SSBM underscore Aklo, at Kadorin SSB, at Rishi SSB, at Zane Nakmi for having a dope boss rush, at Dark Gen X, at Acidics for literally blowing our fucking minds with Giant Melee, at Jake Dorado, at JFlex2808. At jcam underscore five zero seven, <laughs> at jsalt underscore, at jnod underscore ssbm for dope chic dittos and truly answer the j chic dilemma. At dot zeb friend of the program, for trying his very best with only five stocks, fighting his way through a team of baddies picked from the amateurs bracket homies over at at team oxy gg. At Zealot SSBM Ghost for fighting their way through a vicious and unforgiving volleyball ladder. At X Run Riot One at TSC underscore Tempo for winning doubles and making the event a constantly entertaining affair. At Melee Stats Pod and specifically at Edwin underscore Budding at Gimme Dat Wait friend of the program at Ambus Sinister underscore for doing an awesome top eight preview show at reindeer friend of the program at BSM pod yours truly at CLG pew pew you friend of the program at O girl NC at the entirety of crack shack at Reach Online, at SSBM Calvar, at SSBM underscore Tiramisu, at King of Snails underscore, at JDMH underscore, at Soon Player 7, friend of the program, at Wasabi Sabi, friend of the program, at The Wannabes Pod, my inspiration, at I Don't Give a Shk, at AR Junebug for nailing the content blocks harder than we could have imagined. Well, thank you. At Gotsu. For winning, um, number one, and fucking poning people throughout. Panda at Ben underscore SSBM at SSBM Aklo at Name of Taylor at the Swooper at Kikoho SSBM at Kikoho SSBM for a doper top eight than we could have asked for. At IBDW SSBM for being totally normal about DQing, even though Twitch chat is lame and will spin a narrative. At Tof underscore barbecue, at Lovage805, at dot zeb, at thecheat.com, at LGC underscore Don B, at Bunthers, at Jackzilla, at Dr. Jakespeare, at Good Guy Gurg, at Radar SSBM. At AR Junebug, at Turn Down for Walt, at Zets with a three instead of an E, at Wang Chang FGC, at JDMH underscore, 
at Trey the Trash Man at Ezequiel MP Nedo at Smash Pro JFF. Great book. At E Pengu at Soon Player Seven at Y no at at Wisely at King of Snails underscore. At name of Taylor, at cat named underscore V, at Dark Genix, at Bonk Kushi, at Cave Lemon, at SSBM Dad, at Ted Green 666, front of the program, at Thunderpaste, at Young Trinitron, at TN underscore SSBM, at Audio Titan HTC, at Shuppies, at Mike underscore Faye underscore, at Kevin M. Debess. At Reach Online, at Stock Money, at Studbacher H0CH, at YCZ6, at SSBM Calvar. For providing our favorite commentary blocks we've ever seen, every single block. Y'all truly made the stream experience the one that we set it out to be, and commentary was the backbone to making this event amazing. At Reach Online, at ZNNovu underscore David, at Thunderpaste, at Snow Wiener, Snow Wiener, Snow Wiener, Snow Wiener, at Hard Eyed, at Young underscore Hawkin for providing instrumentals, making the stream sound clean at all times. And finally, most of all, you. Every single person who watched, donated, bought something from the shop, became a sub or Patreon, or just watched and hung out was the reason that this event was what it was. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you, beers clinking together emoji. Clink. Pod next Wednesday. Shop closes Thursday. Short break after. Thanks for making the Alston Melee Bender the biggest thing we've ever done. Single beer emoji. Crying happy face emoji. The end.